Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. If you've figured out the system and what you do, you're a good sales broker. You don't try to figure out, put deals together, try and make the payments, be on top of the finances, deal with banks, deal with tenants. You have to focus on what you, and it's easy to lose focus. But if you really know what you're doing in your specific business, again, if you're not really happy in your business and you know real estate, you should totally just buy the first deal. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Isaac Sebag. Isaac is joining us from Jersey City, New Jersey. He is the founder of Golden Sky Equities. They purchase multifamily, mixed-use, and condos across New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and they typically do heavier value-add deals. Isaac's portfolio consists of multifamily, mixed-use, development, and office. Isaac, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Isaac, before we get started, can you give the best-ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yes, my background is I started flipping houses when I was younger, seven, eight years ago. So I started flipping houses, got into a couple of rentals, and about five years ago, got into the condo development. So we bought a lot of four or five unit buildings, and we converted them to condos. Um, I was in Jersey City, Hoboken, the Gold Coast areas. And more recently, in the last couple of years, we've been buying multifamily value add. So typically 20 to 100 units across New Jersey and now in Philly. And we're just expanding and building our unit count. Isaac, what do you say to all those people that say it's too hard to find a deal in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania? I get calls from brokers before they list stuff. Um, they're owners that want to sell. So I'm looking at typically at least five or six deals a week. And a lot of them are solid deals that I entertain and negotiate. So now more than ever, there's a lot of deals out there. Deals have never really been a challenge for me. What's the secret to having brokers give you their deals first? Close the deal with them. Yeah, that's, good that's, advice. That's the entire secret because ultimately they just want to sell, right? They want to make sure it closes. That's when they get paid. So if you can prove that you can close and you're relatively easy to deal with, they're going to bring you the next deal. Yeah, that's a good point. What's a typical deal cap rate that you do or cash on cash that you do out in Jersey? 
so that's another question I get asked a lot is like, are you still buying in this environment? And my answer is yes, but my numbers change. So I'm buying based on what the banks give me in financing. So a year or two ago, I was buying five and a half, six cap deals with value add to get me to maybe a seven or an eight. Now I can't end up at a seven or an eight because I'm not able to refinance respectively. So now I need to be going in, in the mid sixes around six, six and a half at least. And I have to be getting to close to 10 on some of these deals because that's honestly the only way you can pull out money and pull out the equity and give a good return to the investors. So you're going in at a mid six cap. I'm assuming these are pretty heavy value adds. They're not majorly heavy, but 15% vacant. Hallways need to be redone. Some exterior work, maybe a roof needs to be done. So yeah, we're not doing any additions or anything. And because of the population density out there, filling vacancies shouldn't be an issue. No, it's not an issue. Usually it's badly managed buildings. That's the ones that we target. So the reason that they are vacant is either they just haven't been managed well, or we've told them to hold it vacant while they do that. So tell me about the condo development. How many units were these buildings that you transitioned into condos? Back about five years ago, we started buying and we probably bought about 12 to 15 projects. The reason we did that actually was because they did a tax reassessment in Jersey City and all the four families that were paying $10,000, $12,000 in taxes all of a sudden we're paying 25,000. So they couldn't make their mortgage payments and their tax payments and keep the rentals. So they were just trying to sell And We didn't care about taxes because if we're doing condo conversions, we're selling them separately to get new taxes anyway. So we bought a bunch of these buildings, probably 10 or 12. We did a ground up construction also, 38 unit ground up construction in Jersey City. And we just started, and it was what I enjoyed because I flipped houses and I was just doing that on a bigger level. So I was doing high-end renovations, getting designers involved, spending crazy money on finishes just to get those buyers. And that's what we did. That's a brilliant strategy to basically escape that tax increase. Let's dive into the numbers. Let's take one of those units. What was it bringing in in rent? A typical deal, let's just say maybe 2,500 a floor. Let's say a full family, each paying 2,500. So let's just say $10,000 of income, giving them maybe 120 a year. If the taxes. So if the taxes, if they were in it, and this, these buildings traded for about a million, a million and a half. So a tax is going from 10 to 25 made a huge difference. It really just took away the profit essentially. Yeah. So $2,500 per unit is what you're receiving in rent. Yeah. On a renovated unit usually, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you convert it to a condo, how much more money do you have to put into this? Let's just call it a 12, 1500 square foot unit. You're putting about fifty to $75,000 a unit. So a typical deal that I did actually last year, an example was I paid one and a half million for four units, delivered vacant. They actually gave it to already condo converted. He'd already started it, but he stopped mid-construction. So we paid 1.5 million. I put in about 300 because he'd already done half the work. So I'd put about 300 into it. So one eight. And we sold out for a total of about two, six and a half, two seven in nine months. That means from purchase to full sale of all four units, it was one eight all in to two seven. And the previous seller had all the legal docs completed. Everything. Condos were done. Um, he even had appliances for all the units, but I moved into my rental units because they weren't, I didn't want to use the um, Whirlpool appliances. So <laughs> I moved those over, got new appliances. So we did a few strategic things. We added a washer dryer in the bathroom. So kind of small bathroom, but there's a little bit of space. We created that space. We put a wash and dryer in the bathroom. So every unit had their own wash and dryer. That was huge over there. We put one air conditioning unit, um, split unit in the living room, dining room. So every unit had some sort of air conditioning. We completely redid the kitchen. So new cabinets, new appliances. We made that nice. We did new lighting. Floors, only one unit had to be replaced. So we did some small but smart things over there. 
and they sold out so quickly. We had multiple offers and the net profit within nine months on the total deal was about 650000 Yeah. So fifty dollars to $75,000 per unit. I'm assuming you're gutting the bathrooms, redoing those as yeah. well? Okay. So sure. very high-end renovation. What did you buy this building for per unit? A one five divided by four, so seven fifty, three seventy five per unit. Three seventy five per out, unit. And we sold out at around six to six fifty a unit. Yeah, that's a great value add. The most important thing is and this is what I realized with hard money and bridge and all these sort of deals is it's speed because you're paying ten, eleven percent, you're not getting any income, so there's nothing to support that. And if it takes you two years because you're waiting for some planning approval, which is, I went through that and I've waited two, three years on deals, you know, that eats up sometimes all your profits, sometimes a big part of it. And you can complete that in nine months, which is a great feat. Investors were over the moon, obviously. Those short-term capital gains, so that presented a bit of a problem. But, you couldn't, uh, you um, couldn't keep it for the next yeah. three months? Come I, on. I, I, honestly, I couldn't because they were selling so fast and I knew that it was going to be the summer months and it was going to be harder to sell in those months. So I knew I had to sell it in the beginning of the summer. You couldn't extend the closing date for three months? <laughs> no. Oh, that's Actually, a tough that's hit. So I didn't want to do a 1031 because it was tough um, because there was other partners. Well, there was one other investor and they wanted the money out. So I ended up taking my profit and putting it into an opportunity zone fund that I started. And then I bought a development site, which I'm developing. So that worked out for me. Good for you. You're all about maximizing income and using strategies effectively. So you made yeah. essentially $200,000 per unit, less holding costs on this conversion. Yeah. Now, a lot of the best, sorry, yeah. go ahead. About 150 a unit was the net. Yeah. Was the final net. Okay. Now, a lot of the best ever listeners are going to say, wow, wait a minute. I'm going to convert all of my apartments into condos. What makes an ideal condo conversion? Well, location number one. So you can just go to part of Jersey city and do a condo conversion. You can go to a random town in Bergen County and do a condo conversion. It has to be in a condo location. And then also when it comes to that, I've had deals like an eight family that someone gave to me, but there was three people still living there. So I have to buy it now. They have so much leverage. They can be like, we're not leaving. And then I got to fight with them. And who knows how much to leave. So I, it has to be vacant. That's a huge thing. It has to be vacant. It has to be in a good location. It has to be vacant. And we actually got lucky on the one that we bought, that one that I mentioned to you, that it was a brownstone, but it wasn't fully attached. So I didn't realize the value of it until we actually went to market. But one side had windows and the front. So when we compared to the comps, everyone else just had front and back windows and we had so much light. I didn't even realize that until I went to sell them. People were like fighting over the units and then I, I got the message. Yeah. So, Jersey City is one of the hottest markets in New Jersey and has been yeah. for probably 10 plus years, right? Yeah, I joined there like five, six years ago and it wasn't my idea to go there. I was following people that were already doing well over there going there and I'm like, well, let me go there. I want to do high-end renovations. I want to do it on a bigger scale. And I want to develop also eventually. So let me start by buying four unit, five unit buildings and just converting them. And there's a big need for it out there. Isaac, if you have an apartment building in a suburban Pennsylvania town, what would make it ideal for a condo conversion? I'm assuming there has to be demand for people wanting to own versus rent. Condo comes from gentrification more than anything. And suburban Pennsylvania town, I, I don't see that happening. Downtown Pennsylvania, sure. Jersey City, Hoboken, Manhattan, obviously. It's an idea that you don't want to put much effort. You want to own a house. You want to have an HOA. You don't want to shovel your own snow. You want to just do your job, come home and pay a fee and that's and have some amenities, whatever amenities there are. So it really has to happen in those locations. I don't really see it in other locations. 
All right. So um, all of you listeners out there that have apartments, put the brakes on because it's not <laughs> ideal in every location. Isaac, what kind of amenities do you offer in a four unit? So wash and dry in unit. And then there's a basement. So in that project that I mentioned to you last year that we, that we sold, there was storage in the basement. So we put four separate storages. Each one had their own lock and whatever. But besides that, not really. I mean, the first four got the backyard. We, get, we made a really nice backyard. We opened the door in the, in the back. Instead of them going around, they had direct access from their unit to the backyard. So that was the amenity we added for that specific unit. But yeah, besides that, not on our ground up construction one, yeah, we put a gym. We have a game room. We had a wine cellar. We did all that stuff. But like in the walk-up deals, like besides the storage and washer dryer, there's not really much you can offer. Yeah. Isaac, what was the total cost in legal fees to convert the apartments to condos? Not that expensive. Everyone asks that question when they're coming from New York because New York is, is, is a challenge. Okay. So we're going to do the condo conversion. It's going to take us nine months. I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't take us nine or 12 months like New York. You literally just submit an application and maybe it cost me $5,000 the full family do you have to appear in front of the city council or do no. they have to vote no. on it no it's just okay. it's literally signing a document my attorney and that's he takes care of the rest you do have to put together a budget obviously based on the units i'm actually selling out i have one last condo project that i'm selling out at my first closing tomorrow god willing and then I have three more closings scheduled for the next couple of weeks and Congrats that's on my that. last yeah that's my last condo it was not easy to sell that one Mainly because of the location. So we, I moved out of downtown Jersey location into General Square location, less of a condo market. And also because of the market, because the rates have been tough for end users nowadays. So but thank God now they're starting to sell and people are picking up. Interesting. And then once you have the HOA in place, are you still a part of it or do you turn it over to the residents? I've stayed a part of it sometimes, but it's not something I want to do. I'm not trying to make money off that. I give it to the residents and they say, you guys figure it out or hire an HOA company. There's better ways to make money, right? Than than managing HOA. Yeah, definitely. The ground up construction, 38 condo units, what inspired that? And how did you find land in Jersey City? Was it a teardown? It was actually fully approved when we bought it. Um, Someone approached me and said he put together a few properties. It's fully got the full approvals. And he offered it to me with with fully approved. So yeah, we took it. It was three and a half million dollars for it. Um, It was fully approved, 38 condos, no parking. And we basically, we were doing that was what we wanted to step up the game. So we've done 10, 12, 15 condo projects, small ones, and we wanted to like, we're ready for the next. We want to become developers. We want to step up the game. So we closed on that and we closed on a nine, $10 million construction, which is a big deal for me back then. I hadn't done big loans. But then once we did that, it wasn't the simplest process. We started construction. The neighbor sued us. We went to court in the middle of COVID. We racked up $150,000 in legal bills in 30 days on just that. But then we won the case and then insurance paid for it all. So it worked out. But yeah, we had to go through that. The, the neighbor was stopping us. And then actually because of us, the entire Jersey City now, anytime you want to develop in Jersey City, they make you put the monitor in the, the house on either side of you, the test for the shaking, so they can prove whether there was actually any, whether the cracking in the neighbor's foundation had to do with you. So after our court case, they made that made a new mandate that everyone has to do that going forward because we couldn't, they couldn't prove it. He was trying to prove that we did that and we said we didn't do that. And there was... He said, she said. Yeah, you know, I'm laughing. I was born and raised in Jersey. As soon as you said the neighbors sued us, I'm like, yep, that's how we do it in Jersey. Not only that, the neighbor was trying to sell me his property and we had a deal at like 900. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to change my plans right now because it took a long time to get the plans. I'll build eight units because you can put eight studios on that lot. I'll put eight studios. I'll kind of design it the same as the next door. They'll use the amenities. We'll, we'll kind of like another eight units in the project. 
we were like $50,000 a pot. And I'm like, my number was fixed. His number was fixed. And there was no deal. And he sues us. And then we hear from the grapevine, just accept his offer and the lawsuit falls away. And I'm like, welcome to Jersey City. That, man, that's how we do it in Jersey, right? You pissed them off. So he's going to sue you. Yeah. So I I'm love like, it. And, and I'm like, you know, no, I'm not going to buy a building because you have a lawsuit against me. Even though the lawsuit costs a lot more, but yeah. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you tired of spending hours managing your rental properties? Inago is here to simplify your life as a landlord or property owner with their free property management software. With Inago, you can say goodbye to complex and costly solutions. Inago is designed with simplicity in mind, focusing on the features that matter to you. From tenant screening and lease signing to rent collection and work order management, Inago has got you covered. They offer a seamless interface and dedicated support representatives to assist you in every step of the way. Join thousands of satisfied landlords and start streamlining your property management tasks today with Inago. Plus, you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card just for using Inago. Visit inago.com forward slash best ever to get started and reclaim your time and sanity that's I-N-N-A-G-O dot com forward slash best ever. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital dot the bam companies.com isaac what was the hardest lesson learned on that ground up development probably the subs they're not used to paying four hundred fifty thousand dollars to one sub so we had cases where we said okay we need to save money because it's we're starting to get tired over here and we like read it out we're looking through our subs and we're like let's let's renegotiate and there's there's a lot of room in these quotes like we had some quotes that were literally hundreds of thousand dollars apart and sometimes if you're not careful, you, well, yeah, we use this plumber for our full family and he has the capacity to do our 40 unit building. Let's just give it to him. And then we just do the numbers based on the full family and we times it by, by 40, by 10, four times 10 is 40, whatever. And then boom, okay, so it makes sense. He's charging us, you know, $425,000. And then we bring in someone else and the guy's like, yeah, I can do it for 275. And it's like, these are, this is big numbers. You make, can make all the difference. So in terms of pricing out subs and pricing out construction, because we did the construction in-house in that project. So in terms of that, that was a big lesson. There's a lot of money to be saved in that. And then also choose your township because if, if they're going to hold you back from getting permits, if they're going to shut down your job site because of a lawsuit, we have to sue the city. We sued the city. And we were warned by our lawyers that if you sue Jersey City, they might not work with you on anything else. And they might, all your other projects might be in jeopardy. And we're like, we, we have to take the risk. What are we going to do? Like the city is shutting our job. That's who we have to sue. And thank God it worked out. They came, they were nice to us. They were even better with us than on the job. So it worked out really well. Man, I miss Jersey. Uh, <laughs> did you have to use all union personnel or was, was it half no, and half or no, what? No, no, no unions? No, okay. No requirements, yeah. Okay. So things have changed yeah. a little bit from back in the day. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. What's your next project? So right now I'm focused on multifamily. I have a bunch of, like I said, I'm buying in Philly. Um, I'm buying in Jersey. I just bought a close on a project a couple of weeks back, about $10 million of real estate in central Jersey, three buildings in Middlesex County. And I'm just buying more multifamily. I'm looking at a big package in, in Hudson County now that I'm looking to take over. And I also have a development site in Elizabeth, which I'm developing. And yeah, just, you know, looking for, always looking for more multifamily projects. That was going to be my next question. You've developed one building. Was it a one and done? Apparently not because you have another one in Elizabeth. So you're not opposed to doing ground up development? I'm not opposed. One in Elizabeth happens to be an office conversion. So it's a retail and office and we're adding two floors. So we're converting the office to residential and then adding two stories. And that was the opportunity zone because it was in an opportunity zone. So that was the fund that I set up from the other deal to fund this one. So that kind of worked out and we're going in front of the board next month. So hopefully they pass us and we can get started. But that I wouldn't say it's not a ground up. There's no, we're not doing new structure. We're not doing piles. We're not doing foundation. We're just doing a two-story addition and, and got renovating. I am looking at some ground up projects, but I'm looking at it a little, you know, cautiously. It's not, it's not my ideal right now. I like the yeah. idea of buying something and seeing the cash flow day one. Yeah. And often it's cheaper to buy used versus build new. Yeah. Also, like when we were in that situation, it, it wasn't easy. You know, we had over $100,000 monthly of mortgage payments and zero income. Some of these things were tied up with planning boards, with, with approvals of plans, with permits, with, you know, waiting for windows to come. And you wait a month for windows and you're paying $25,000 a month on your mortgage with no income. It was a tough time. You know, obviously when you sell, you make money. But, you know, if, if things are just going along, you're trying to figure out how to get through the month. And you don't have that first of the month cash flow that comes in. Yeah, how profitable was that ground up development? We're actually selling it as a rental building now. So we'll find out. I mean, what we get in pricing, but it wasn't a home run. It never is the first deal. It's always. Yeah, every time I do one of these developments, I always say, okay, next time I'll just leave it to a developer. And then here we go again, right? Did you have the same thoughts? It's like, okay, listen, leave this to the people that develop all day, every day. Yeah, that's why I kind of switched my focus to multifamily, you know. Um, Another thing I had, I know, you know, Joe Chatrit from the city. He has a, he's a big developer, huge developer. He owns, he owns a Sony tower. He's not, he's a big guy. He had a line that said, to be a good developer, you have to wake up angry. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Wake up angry. Isaac, can you tell me how you structure these deals to take on investors? Yeah, so it really depends on the value I'm adding. So I'm adding significant value. So for example, if I'm, let's say, adding a story or redoing a facade and, and roof, and if it's a complete mess and I'm really changing the face of it, then I have my, my basic structure is that whatever I'm raising, the equity that I'm raising, I do 50-50. So it's, it's aggressive, but it works on the small deals and the returns you know, should speak for themselves. I always say, I don't take any acquisition fees or any of those fees. I'm, I really, I'm strictly incentivized by the upside on the back end. So I always say like, you know, you know, 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, like what, it doesn't make a difference. If your number, I'm showing you conservative numbers and you're doubling your money in nine months, 12 months, it doesn't really matter. As my deals got a little bit more conservative and now I'm buying cash flowing assets and I'm buying, and um, you know, I'm just raising rents, not, not as much as, you know, I'm not doubling the rents, I'm raising the rents by 20% maybe. So then, then now my deals are more conservative. So I'm raising, I'm doing 60, 40, 70, 30, depending on the deal. So I'm becoming more um, like, like, like the basically institutional standards. But um, initially on my heavy, heavy ground um, um, renovation, that's what I was doing. 
And now it's more of a pref split type deal? I try not to do pref. I did one recently, but I try not to. It just eats up the cash flow. And if it is, it's accrued, but I try not to. But yeah, it's, it's 60, 40, 70, 30. Obviously, invest the money out first and then the split. I'm really selling the, the, the end goal, the sale, the end. I'm really selling that. That's what I'm selling. I'm like, look, we're going to be all in for 10 million at a six cap, a six and a half cap in two years' time. We're going to sell for 15. A total profit's going to be three and a half, four million dollars. X amount gets you 10%. 10% of $4 million is, is whatever. And you're going to make 65% of your money, 70% of your money. Whatever. Your investors are not in it for the monthly cash flow. They're in it for the no. big payout at the end. Yeah, monthly cash flow typically doesn't stop in the first 12, 15 months when I'm doing the construction. Like any dollar that comes in, I want to go straight. Even though I have, all my bank loans have construction budgets. I structure them with the banks, even the non-bridge loans. But still, like every dollar that comes in, you want to have money in the account. You're not doing distributions. You want to just put it back into the property. You want to renovate units. You want to renovate hallways. You want to fix elevators. You want to do stuff that's going to make, bring the, build the value. And then eventually you can you know, reap the reward. Isaac, how do you attract investors? LinkedIn is my biggest. What's the um, secret to getting investors on LinkedIn? The secret is being consistent and posting stuff that's interesting. So I post a lot of before and afters. I post a lot of stories like, like this is what I did. This is what I bought. This is how I did it. How I renovated it. What I sold for. I, I post all of that. That's interesting to people, even if you're not in real estate. And they're not going to reach out to you right away and say, hey, I saw you posted. Here's my money. They're going to see you and they're going to stand and they're going to see you again. And one day when they have money and they're like, they're going to, you're going to be the, the number one person they think of because that's where you've established yourself as on that platform as the real estate guy. So you want people to know you as the real estate guy and they won't reach out right away. But when they do, when they do need have something or they know someone that has something, they, well, I know Isaac, Isaac does that. And I have a case with someone that he invested in me, he found me on LinkedIn, he invested in me and then he, he referred me to someone else. And I spoke to that guy and he's like a doctor and he's like, do you want to, I'm like, do you want to, speaking about investing, he's like, okay, fine, I'll do, I think it was 200K, whatever it was. I'm like, do you want to meet? We should probably meet. And he's like, no, no, no. If you know Sam, then we're good. And P.S. I know Sam for like 25 minutes. So I don't. <laughs> wow. So, so it's, it's very much, it's very much like that. Like very, like you, you establish a real reputation. And also when you're going, when you're meeting an investor that wants to invest with you, you need to sell yourself, right? I'm 80% sold before they meet me. Because they've seen my track record, they've seen my projects, they follow me for two years. They like what I do. They like the idea that I do small stuff. I don't do big stuff. I don't compete with big guys. I'm not too big for them. I, I'm super responsive, communication, et cetera. And they just, they like, they're like, I'm, so, I'm ready sold. Now all they have to do is just put a name to their face. They just have to have a nice conversation, talk about some family stuff or something that, that, that they can relate to. And then that's it. You know, the deal's closed. So I'm not really, that, that's what that helps. The social media helps you get to that point where you don't have to sell yourself as much. Are you on other platforms or strictly LinkedIn? I'm on Instagram also um, a little bit, but mainly LinkedIn is mainly where I've, I mean, I've had, I actually had a post recently, not recently, a couple of years back where I bought a house and I had a picture of me and this guy and this girl. And I'm like, this person I met on LinkedIn, this person I met on Instagram and we closed the deal. So Very cool. How often do you post on LinkedIn? I try to do it maybe once a week-ish, maybe once a week, once every 10 days, maybe. So a couple of times a month, three times a month. And we'll put this in the show notes, but what is your LinkedIn profile, if you know it offhand? It's just my name. Spell that, please, if you don't mind. Isaac, I-S-A-A-C. And my last name is C-Bag, S-E-B-B-A-G. Awesome. Isaac, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? For who? For someone that's in real estate or someone that's not in real estate? You pick. For example, I have a lot of people that invest in me that are brokers. They do insurance, they do title, they do mortgage broking, they do all that sort of stuff, right? 
And they always say to me, you know, I can invest with you. I can do it myself. And I'm like, you know, if you're going to do it yourself, you should do it yourself probably. But if you've figured out the system and what you do, you're a good sales broker. You don't try to figure out, put deals together, try and make the payments, be on top of the finances, deal with banks, deal with tenants. You have to focus on what you, and it's easy to lose focus. But if you really know what you're doing in your specific business, again, if you're not really happy in your business and you know real estate, you should totally just buy the first deal. That's what I did. I bought my first deal. I felt flat on my face. And that was my college. I learned every single mistake in that first deal. That's my favorite question when investors say, have you ever lost money? I'm like, yeah, I lost money. I lost my first deal. It was horrendous. Wrong town, wrong architect, wrong investor, wrong lender. I made every mistake. It was great. That's good. You got the first one out of the way. (laughs) Got it out of the way. And yeah, I lost a hundred grand of money that I didn't have. And it was really tough. And I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on it picking out the backsplash in, in floor and decor for three hours. Now I'm like thinking back to myself, if I'm going to lose money in this deal, why am I spending three hours picking out backsplash? But then again, I was brand new to it. It's what I needed to do to get there. And it gave me credibility with banks because like, I actually bought and sold a deal. And that's how I built myself. That's why I've done probably 60, 70 projects since then. So I definitely needed that one. Um, but again, the advice to someone that's in real estate, but maybe not investing in real estate, if, that's, if you have a passion for it and you, you see yourself enjoying it, because it's not going to be easy. So if you don't really have a passion for it, you're gonna, it's not going to work out and you're going to be down and out. But if you, get, if you have excitement for it and something that you enjoy, then 100% buy your first deal. That's the advice. Just get into your first deal. Don't sign up to any course for $20,000. Don't look at anything online. Just buy your first deal. Great advice. Isaac, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah. All right, Isaac, what's the best ever book you recently read? I don't read that many books, but Rich Dad Poor Dad is my go-to. And Isaac, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Charity in my community and my, my family and people around me. So charity is, um, is a big thing, especially in the Jewish culture. But, um, we give 10% of everything well, and then obviously more than that, but charity. And Isaac, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? LinkedIn is a great one. And my email, if they want, Isaac at goldenskyequities.com. Isaac is two A's. Um, Isaac, thank you for your time today. It was great talking to you and hearing your story about starting out not too long ago with house flipping and then moving on to condo conversions, ground up development. Now a conversion from office to multifamily. Once that's underway, please send me an email. Would love to have you back on the show and hear more about that project. But thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.